Welcome to episode 181 of the Hoots Podcast right here on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts from. It's your boy, Joshie. You can follow me on Twitter at the Hoots Podcast. I am on Instagram, Instagram at Lopez 94 at Josh Lopez Music right there. That's where I do all my guitar covers. If you have a song you want me to learn, hit your boy up on Twitter and I'll play it for you. Uh, we do this podcast every single week free of charge on Apple Podcasts and all your favorite podcasting platforms. If this is your first time listening to the, po- uh, to the program, I deeply appreciate it. My name is Josh Lopez. I have uh, prior experience doing transcriptions for WrestleZone.com. I used to be on the New Age Insiders Network and um, happen to be a, a respected member of the wrestling media for the last <laughs> seven years or so. Um this is a pro wrestling podcast where I like to embrace the positivity of professional wrestling and also uh, talk about some life things uh, that I noticed as well. So, as always, I'm open to suggestions, positively or negatively. Make sure to do me a favor and uh, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a rating and a review. It really helps us gauge what you like and don't like on the show and helps expand the reach of the podcast as well. Right now, we're nominated... In, I don't know, six or seven different categories for the 2019 Wrestling Podcast Awards. So please nominate us there as well at the Wrestle Hub on Twitter. So on this week's podcast, 
I'm going to recap uh, AEW Full Gear and New Japan um, Showdown in San Jose in the Pro Wrestling Report. Got to get into the goings-on for Raw and SmackDowns. They are in the middle of their European tour. Uh, we're just about a week away from Survivor Series. I'm recording this on a Thursday. So eight more days. <laughs> eight more days. Uh, my crazy weekend uh, at in Rosemont. For uh, all four shows during Survivor Series weekend, I can't fucking wait. So it's going to be an awesome time. And um, also, don't forget, at the end of the podcast this week, we have another edition of the Thoughts of Derko. You're welcome, man. <laughs> all right, let's start off with this. And this is something I've been wanting to talk about in a while. And usually, it takes me about a month or two to kind of gauge certain trends and things I noticed in the world of professional wrestling and just fandom in general. I think a lot of us in the wrestling business, in the wrestling fandom world, in the wrestling Twitter bubble, I think we all fall into false pretenses when it comes to certain wrestling shows and certain wrestling companies. Um, The false pretense that AEW is Teflon and that they can't be criticized the false pretense that WWE is just a sports entertainment show, but it has to be just pro wrestling and wrestling and no comedy and all this other stuff that you see being complained about on social media. Uh, this false pretense is all over the place. Uh, false pretense is that just because something that Dave Meltzer said on a podcast, that means that's the actual... Uh, perspective of what's really happening in the world of professional wrestling. It's 2019, and I still don't give a flying shit what Dave Meltzer or Brian Alvarez have to think. Or Wade Keller, for that fact. He can be added to that list as well. (laughs) I'm a person that deals with facts. I don't deal with ifs. If my mother had balls, she'd be my father. I learned this from a buddy of mine uh, for uh, a long while ago. It can only take you to a certain path. And I'm not going to be a person that's going to be tied into false pretenses and living and dying on ifs. You know, if I made the decision, that would happen. If What about this? What if that happened? What is I, can, I guess ifs can only work in maybe what you want to see from a fancy booking point of view. What if CM Punk fought... I don't know, Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. That's fine. I'll talk about if this decision was made, that booking would have been better perceived. Oh, for example, if Daniel Bryan won the Royal Rumble in 2015, Roman Reigns would be over as a babyface. How do you know that? What are you basing that on? Assumptions of perspectives and folklores and buzzwords about what the professional wrestling business is and what you heard on dirt sheets and podcasts and read on dirt uh, on websites all around the world like when do we get to the point where we could actually have a general conversation about pro wrestling when we're not a making assumptions b allowing people to speak for ourselves and c falling into false pretenses a lot of people have preconceived notions on how Raw's how Monday Night Raw and SmackDown are produced every single week. I transcribe the show every single week in detail. A lot of the things that I see on social media and the assumptions of what is and what's not is not true. The other day I saw somebody saying, oh, how can Ricochet be uh, viewed as a top star when he has 50-50 booking? As a guy who transcribes, and I don't have a a full data of win-loss records, but just from my recollection, Ricochet is not a victim of 50-50 booking. So, I wanted to get that off my chest really quick, because that's something that doesn't really bother me. I, I want to enjoy being a fan of wrestling. I do. I love wrestling. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. But... Every time I hear that, I take that with a grain of salt, unfortunately, because a lot of the stuff I see on Twitter is just nonsense. We take these too literally. You know, we had a cool moment where CM Punk showed up and made his return on a WWE-style program called WWE Backstage on FS1. Something I've been waiting for since the guy left the company in 2014, my favorite wrestler of all time besides The Undertaker. I'm excited 
And then I get hit. Oh, he's not technically back. He's not in the ring. He just he just has a Fox deal. Who gives a fuck? Who cares? <laughs> and I, I get it. This is a podcast, not racial. And I mean, I probably should be cursing as much as I am right now. But this is a real honest conversation with you. I'm not going to come on here and say things. Uh, and I, I, for me, honestly, I'm not the type of person that list dies on whether you agree or disagree with what I have to say. You know, I'm a wrestling fan. I'm a good dude. I love this business as much as everybody. But part of me is I, I feel a little bitterness towards wrestling fans. I, I, I'm not going to lie and sugarcoat things. I think a lot of us are entitled. We think we know what's really going on behind the scenes when we don't. And it's just, it's been something that's been going on ever since I've been doing podcasts. And I know it's not going away because that's the part of the society we're in that we rather assume of what is and what's not. And at the end of the day, I want to enjoy being a wrestling fan. I want to enjoy this era of wrestling, but I can't. Guess why? Because none of you people allow us to enjoy wrestling. Because it always has to be something about booking or something that doesn't fit your your standards and your critiques. I'm not saying to never criticize pro wrestling. It's entertainment. It's always up. It's always open to criticism. But the ninety percent of the things I read on social media and the things I hear on radio shows and podcasts is why this sucks and why that sucks. Yeah, at at the same time, they keep telling you it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. Is it really a great? Time to be a wrestling fan when the conversation of all wrestling shows is negative. I say things because I mean it from the heart. I'm not here to pump one company up or put another company down. I say what I like and I leave it at that. You know, the the constant need to say this person's a WWE show, this person's an AEW fanboy. Who cares? I want to get to the point where we can just enjoy watching wrestling for what it is, and that's pro wrestling. We're not in the boardrooms. We're not in the creative writing rooms. We're not responsible for these companies. Our our fans may be affected by how the show is presented on television, sure. But is it affecting you financially? Is it affecting you emotionally? Pro wrestling should not uh, affect you emotionally. I'm sorry. That should not be the case. Uh, I'm just keeping it 100. That should not be the case. So when I look at where we are right now as a fan base, it's, it's sad to be honest with you. I can't enjoy wrestling for what it is now because every time I want to put something over on social media, I got to get hit with something. Oh, yeah, but this. Yeah, but that. That's another thing. I don't deal with is and I don't deal with yeah, buts. It's my opinion. I understand it. It's social media. I'm open to people responding and having different opinions. I'm not opposed to different opinions, but let me enjoy what I want to enjoy. What is so wrong with that? Honestly, what is so wrong with me actually enjoying something that's supposed to be an emotional escape for me? Really, that's a simple question. Because I don't want to be perceived as a guy that hates all wrestling fans. Because I don't. Do I get annoyed a lot with the shit I see on Twitter? Yes, I do. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie or sugarcoat it. It's annoying. It, it, it affects my passion for the business. And it's it's unfortunate, you know. <laughs> I, I cover the business for a living now. I'm making money covering the shows, and I'm grateful to have that platform and opportunity to do so. But as the fan that has been watching this stuff since 1998, it's really hard at times because I want to enjoy this because so many years I've been told, oh, why are you bother wasting your time on stuff that's fake and it's not real and, oh, that's not manly stuff. Well, guess what? I'm a professional wrestling fan. I'm going to be a professional wrestling fan to the day I die. So I got to deal with the idiots who think that Game of Thrones is real. But I also got to deal with Nimrods now who take wrestling too seriously. And they want wrestling now to be perceived as, as a Game of Thrones or Breaking Bad. Guess what, guys? I didn't get two shits about those shows. 
Does that make me a bad television fan? Does that make me a bad entertainment fan? No. I didn't go on social media and make you guys feel bad for it. Did I care about The Walking Dead? No. Like, God damn. So that's how I feel. I'm not, I'm not going to hide from it. That's how I really feel. I enjoy this business. I'm a fan of professional wrestling. And I just want to enjoy it. Stop telling me how I should feel. And let me enjoy the shows I want to enjoy. I can't have conversations on social media about professional wrestling. Because A, people assume things. B, they don't want to have their own opinions. And C, they fall into false pretenses. And that's... And that's the God honest truth. So... I'm sorry for the rant, but I needed to get that off my chest. So let's move on. Let's get let's get to something more positive. Uh, let's talk about this week in WWE. Uh, WWE is currently on their European tour. They do this every year before the Survivor Series. Uh, they just had Raw and SmackDown in Manchester at the Manchester Arena. Uh, I thought SmackDown was really good last week. Uh, just looking at from the show, uh, King Corbin and Roman Reigns was the main event. Really good match on that end. Uh, the Fiend attacked uh, Daniel Bryan, so it looks like Daniel Bryan might fight uh, Bray Wyatt at Survivor Series. If that's the case, I'm I'm all for that. Uh, Bray Wyatt and Daniel Bryan have history with each other, with Bryan being part of the Wyatt family, and I think that'd be pretty cool. I I, I wouldn't mind that actually. I think that would be pretty cool. Um, let's see, what else? Got the NXT, uh, Invasion TakeOver storyline continuing. Uh, we saw Imperium on SmackDown and Raw this week, which is cool. Uh, you know, Shayna Baszler and Bayley are going after each other on the shows, and I'll get to that later on in the AEW NXT segment. But, um, you know, just looking at the shows right now, um, I I think if anything this week in television will probably be the the lowest of the shows that will get before Survivor Series. That usually is the case though. That's something I've been noticing over the last couple of years. The second to last week before a pay per view is always like the worst week of television. But I I really enjoyed SmackDown. I thought Raw was okay. I didn't think it was bad. I didn't think it was great either. Um, both these shows were taped, so there's a certain element to these shows that doesn't feel natural to you because you know it's taped it's edited uh you know i love the uk crowds i think the uk has the best wrestling fans in the world that's why i think nxt uk is my favorite wrestling show right now besides nwa power um and i like what i've seen so far from the those fans and um again there's stuff that i did enjoy on um on SmackDown and Raw this week, uh, you know, having uh, Drew McIntyre look like a badass. We found out who the members are for Team Raw. It's going to be Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Ricochet, Randy Orton, and Drew McIntyre. The the little budding feud that's going on right now with Ricochet and Randy Orton intrigues me. I like to see where that's going. Uh, you know, you had the Viking Raiders take on Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster. Which was a pretty good match. And trying to see what else stood out this week to me on television. Oh, really quick. Carmella and Dana Brooke. I thought they had a solid match with uh, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Mandy Rose is a superstar. You can see in her eyes she has the if factor. Uh, Obviously, she's super hot. Uh, Besides the point, she's really, really good. And she... She'll definitely be a women's champion. I said it back early in the year. I think uh, Mandy Rose will be a women's champion by 2020. I really do believe that. And then looking at what else is going on, uh, I think they announced already that uh, it's going to be AJ Styles against Shisuke Nakamura versus Roderick Strong. That's going to be a barn burner. Uh, uh, Bailey, Becky Lynch, Shayna Baszler. That's going to be the big women's match of the show. There is going to be a women's traditional Survivor Series match. Now, this year's Survivor Series is going to be very interesting because it's going to be a triple threat style uh, elimination match. So, literally, you have 15 of the best superstars from Raw, SmackDown, and NXT 
in two different sets of Survivor Series matches. Obviously, you got one for the men and you got one for the women. I think it's an interesting concept to have 15 people in the ring. It probably won't be easy for me to uh, transcribe and jot down all this stuff, but I'm going to make the best of it because that's what I do. <laughs> um, I really, Like I said, I'm very excited for the Survivor Series weekend. Um, I'm excited to see what they do with this week's Raw and SmackDown. I think Raw's going to be in Boston on Monday. SmackDown tomorrow's going to be in Philly, so we'll see what happens there. Um, we got Roman Reigns, King Corbin, Mustafa Ali, Shorty G, and Braun Strowman representing Team SmackDown in the men's Survivor Series match. No words yet on NXT and who's going to be representing that brand. We'll probably get that information uh, for next week's uh, prediction show. So, besides that, man, I've really been enjoying the build for Survivor Series and another solid week in WWE. Right now, let's get into this week's edition of the Pro Wrestling Report. And we're going to start off with my thoughts on AEW Full Gear. But for that, let me take a swig of water for the working man. By the way, for the people... We don't know. I'm on uh, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday every single Thursday with John the Hood. We have our show Hood and Lopez on his Wrestling T- TWT channel. So make sure to subscribe to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday on all your favorite podcasting platforms to hear me talk pro wrestling with uh, Hoodie. We recap every edition of AEW and NXT and talk about other stuff that's going on around the wrestling business. So go check out TW, uh, Wrestling TWT. Hood and Lopez taking over in 2020, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, time for the Pro Wrestling Report and talk about AEW Full Gear. Uh, Full Gear was in Baltimore in the Royal Farts Arena, a building that's been used by a lot of pro wrestling companies over the years. Um, I, I, I always recollect uh, Baltimore being the place where you have a couple of paybacks, extreme rules, different events here and there, and uh, Baltimore is a great wrestling city. Now, was this a great pay-per-view that happened on Saturday? Not really. I didn't think it was horrible. But I, I didn't... I wouldn't say I enjoyed most of the show. I'll, I'll get that out of the way. So we had two shows on that night. We had Full Gear. And we had New Japan Pro Wrestling Showdown in San Jose. And in my opinion, I thought the New Japan show was way better than Full Gear. There was a couple things I did enjoy on uh, Full Gear. Uh, you had the B. Prisley Britt Baker match on the uh, Bias show, which was really good. I liked that match. And then you had Pac and uh, Hangman Page tearing it up. Uh, you can have that match anywhere around the world and it'll deliver. So I, I wasn't really shocked by that. For me personally, I would have had Pac and Hangman Page start off the show, but that's just my opinion. Uh, I know a lot of people were making buzz about the Santana-Ortiz against the Young Bucks match, since that was the first time they were fighting each other as tag teams. I have no doubt that this could be a great tag team rivalry, but I have a fundamental issue with how AEW produces their tag team matches. I just do. It's not good. It's hard to... Uh, catch up with. It's hard to really digest the stories that are being told in these tag team matches. So, when I look at what's going on with the Young Bucks and Ortiz and Santana, it's just moves. <laughs> There's really not a story being told. The only story that was being told is that Santana and Ortiz were being dicks to the Rock and Roll Express. That's basically all it was. <laughs> so, the match was fine. I just thought the, the story to it didn't really make sense to me. So, uh, yeah, Sean Spears defeating Joey Janela. Kid Sabian's now joining forces with his girlfriend, Penelope Ford. Um, Lucha, uh, SCU retained over the Lucha Brothers in the Pride Party. That was a spot fest. Uh, it was all right. Um, you had Riho against Emi Sakura. Long match. Um, kind of cold. Some people are for Riho. Some people are not. Uh, I don't get the whole Freddie Mercury thing with Emi Sakura. I love Queen. I'm not taking any shots at Freddie Mercury and Queen because I love that band. But uh, I don't think it's a good fit for Emi Sakura. But um, I think my favorite part of the pay-per-view was Chris Jericho against uh, Cody Rhodes for the AEW World title. Obviously, we had the stipulation if Cody lost, he would never get another shot at the AEW title. So, NGF, 
throws a towel in. There was a bad camera shot because it kind of already preceded the motion that MJF was going to throw in the towel. Bad camera work there uh, as far as from a storytelling point of view. Um, MJF did throw the towel. Chris Jericho is still your AEW World Champion. And um, Cody won't have another shot at the AEW World title. And then we had the subsequent subsequent heel turn from MJF, which was fantastic. Uh, the booze raining in from the crowd. People calling him an asshole. I think somebody threw beer at MJF, which, I don't know. When it comes to wrestling and wrestling fans, that's something I don't want to see. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't think it's cool. I don't think it's right. Uh, so, for me, I want to see... Um, I want to see where, where things go here with MGF and Cody Rhodes. Obviously, they're going to have a good rivalry out of this, and we'll see who's going to be the next challenger for Chris Jericho and his AEW World title. Finally, we have the main event, uh, Kenny Omega against John Moxley in the unsanctioned Lights Out match. Um, this match was too long. I had a lot of TNA vibes. I told, I told Hoodie on our show this week that... I thought uh, Father James Mitchell was going to pop up with his rear head <laughs> and uh, it interfere in the match. It just had a big TNA vibe to it. I didn't enjoy it. It was the wrong match to have at that time. Their storyline going into that match was that uh, John Moxley was an outsider from the WWE, right? And Kenny Omega is the pure wrestler. And, you know, we have this elitist attitude since it is all elite wrestling. And uh, so basically, Kenny Omega is elite and John Moxley is not. That's the storyline, right? So, what warrants that to be a lights out CZW style match? You know? I, I just didn't enjoy it. <laughs> I, I did it. it. It was all over the place. Were there cool spots in there? Sure. And the crowd chanting, holy shit. But here's the thing. We're in that era right now where AW is a new company. They can do no wrong. Nobody can say anything bad about them. So there you go. That's the match you had to close out the pay-per-view. Like I said, I thought Full Gear was okay. I didn't think it was awesome. I didn't think it was horrible either. It felt like a backlash type of show. Uh, as far as New Japan Pro Wrestling is concerned... Uh, we had Liger's final U.S. match, which was pretty cool. Uh, we had Minoru Suzuki destroying Young Lions, which was pretty funny. Uh, Evil, uh, Sanana Bushi took on Ishii, Juice Robinson, and TJ Perkins in a pretty fun six-man tag team match. Uh, looking at the rest of the card here. Um, Hiroki Goto and Kenta could po- possibly have a match at Wrestle Kingdom yet. They haven't announced that yet, but don't be surprised if you see Kodo against, uh, Goto versus Kenta at Wrestle Kingdom, uh, 14. Uh, El Phantasmo and Sho had one of the best matches of the night for the Rev Pro British Cruiserweight Championship. That match was fantastic. Uh, you had Lance Archer retaining over David Finley in a solid match. And then, um, you know, the two main events were tag team matches, which was kind of interesting. I thought they should have uh, separated the tag matches, to be honest with you. Like, I would have had Naito and Shingo first with J.Y. and Chase Owens. Then you put uh, Lance Archer David Finley in between the main event. So, um, despite that, though, a solid tag team match from there. And then you had the main event, Okada, Will Ospreay against Kota Ibushi and Maisie Red. Just... Crazy spots, uh, nice little preview for what we can get for um, Okada and Ibushi at Wrestle Kingdom uh, 14 in the main event. So, overall, I enjoyed uh, New Japan Showdown in San Jose much more than uh, Full Gear. So, that's my thoughts on that. Really quick, Impact Wrestling this week. Um, we had we found out that Trey Miguel will be the number one contender. For the X Division title, after winning a six-way match, uh, this kick off the show, which was pretty cool. Uh, Madison Raid uh, took on Alexi Nicole. Madison Raid won that one. Um, Jake Chris and Daga had a really good match on Impact this week. I want to get uh, props and credit where it's due. Uh, Sam Callahan and Mad Matt Fulton took on Rich Swan and Tessa Blanchard. I'm still trying to figure out how many times <laughs> Tessa Blanchard is going to fight OVE on Impact Television this year. I get it. They had the announcement that Tessa Blanchard is going to be fighting Sammy Callahan for the Impact World title 
uh, on the Hark to Kill pay-per-view that's taking place in January. But still, <laughs> this girl fights OVE members every single week. <laughs> Can we change it up a little bit? I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. And then, um, you know, you had the main event, the North against Eddie Edwards and Marafuji for the Impact World Tag Team titles. Solid main event, the North retained the Impact uh, Tag Team titles um, uh, over Edwards and Marafuji. So, uh, decent episode from Impact. Uh, I think the first episode on Access TV was what it was, so I think this this week's show is a little bit better. Uh, and then finally, to wrap up the Pro Wrestling Report, we had uh, NWA Power. Uh, more questions than answers. We're, we're still trying to figure out this puzzle. When will Camille speak? Why is Camille with Nick Aldis? That's the biggest question everybody wants to know around the wrestling world, right? Uh, especially Joe Galley, because he can't let that thing go. <laughs> um, it was nice to see the Rock and Roll uh, Express give their endorsement to Eddie Kingston and Homicide. Uh, Dave Marquez does a great job as the interviewer. Um, you know, you had Trevor Murdoch against Caleb Connolly. Solid match. Aaron Stevens quit <laughs> the NWA, which I thought was pretty interesting. He'll be back before you know. Uh, Aaron Stevens, uh, I think the biggest bad guy uh, right now on uh, NWA besides uh, the not, not the Outlaws, my bad, the Dawsons or the um, Wild Cards. Um, let's see what else stood out to me. Oh. You know, Cole Cabana possibly having a match with Ricky Starks. That'd be pretty cool. We saw the debut of the question mark. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, Eli Drake has issues with Nick Aldis. Uh, he he says he's the only man that can get words out of Camille's mouth. Kind of insinuating that he's like the sex symbol and that uh, Camille will fall over <laughs> Eli Drake. Uh, Eli Drake is assuming that Camille's hiding something about Nick Aldis, so we gotta see where that's going. James Storm wants to fight Nick Aldis. Everybody in NWA wants to fight Nick Aldis in the 10 pounds of gold, which is the way it should be if you're in a professional wrestling company. If you're a, if you're a wrestler in a company and you're not vying for championships and you don't want to be the world champion, you shouldn't be there. And then another good interview with Joe Galley and Nick Aldis. Uh, where Nick Aldis is talking about being a real world champion. And um, I'm going to play a little bit of this for you so you guys can hear it really quick. When I presented Dory Funk Jr. with the Luthez Award, there's a reason why Harley Race, God rest his soul, yeah. allowed me to stand next to him with our championship belt side by side. Because I do things the right way. I earned everything you see before you right now. And there's a reason why the NWA is at where it's at. And you're looking at him. Nick Aldis. That damn good. Then we had the main event. Wild Cards against Outlaw Inc. for the NWA World Tag Team titles. Uh, Chaos Zood as Wild Card did retain and defeat Eddie Kingston at the end of the match. Uh, we had this... Interesting, Donnie Brook is doing with Eli Drake, Mr. Anderson, Cole Cabano's out there, the Dawson's, uh, and Camille's the potster in NWA Power right now. So uh, they're doing some good stuff, man, with it uh, for this show. And they got a pay-per-view coming up in December called Into the Fire. If you haven't seen NWA Power, make sure to do that right now. Subscribe to their YouTube channel and uh, let me know what you think about NWA Power because I love it. It's fantastic to watch each week. Uh, finally, uh, before we head out for this week's edition of the Hoots Podcast, I did want to mention what went down for this week's edition of the Wednesday Night Wars. We had AEW for NXT, obviously. Uh, AEW having Dynamite, the first show after Full Gear. And they just, <laughs> they just had a random show. I felt like I was watching AEW Dark. He had a two-segment match with Dark Order and... Uh, Jurassic Express. It was nice to see Luchasaurus return, but that match was way, way too long. Um, John Moxley cut a solid promo to start the show after he squashed Michael Nakazawa. 
Uh, you had Darby Allen defeat Sean Spears and Peter Avalon in a triple threat match. Uh, looking at what else happened in the show, Nyla Rose had a squash match. Awesome Kong and Brandy Rose keep doing their random thing where they're cutting hair off the female's hair. Uh, they're using like a knife to cut off hair from the female competitors. I I, I don't know what they're going with this. <laughs> I really don't. I need some answers. Damn it. <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing everybody's talking about is the MGF Chris Jericho segment, which had a lot of uh, Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens feel to it, which was cool. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, it was good. Uh, I <laughs> I was mentioning the hoodie. It looked like Wardlow looked like Luther Reigns. Uh, obviously, that's a joke. I know Ward Lore is very talented as a performer, and I'm excited to see what he does in AEW. Um, so, MJF's uh, explaining his reason why he turned on Cody Rhodes. MJF's saying that Cody's the real villain. Uh, some nice storyline plots between that. Uh, Jericho had the funny line where <laughs> it looks like your parents were a little horny when I was beating up Hoovit uh, 2 Guerrero on WCW uh, Saturday night. And twenty five <laughs> and nine months nine months later <laughs> you're uh you're <laughs> what did he say? Something at he called MGF an ass. He said he came out, so um I thought it was pretty funny. So besides that, like I said, the show was just was what it was. I thought it was a phone in show. And when when you're a new company and you're trying to gauge casual viewers, maybe somebody was watching AEW for the first time. And now it's the show they got. I know it's a new company, but I look at AW for a different standard. If you're saying your show and your company's all elite wrestling, you should have elite standards, right? We put we put WWE at a top standard. We put them to a, a tonal pole, and the, you know they're the biggest company in all professional wrestling for a reason. Because <laughs> more times than not, they do things right. <laughs> And, um, you know, I, I want AEW to succeed. I, I cover the shows every single week. I cover all the shows, AEW Dark, Dynamite, all their pay-per-views. I, I am an AEW fan, but I'm not going to come on here and sugarcoat things just because that's the new company and everybody wants to kiss their ass to say they do no wrong because everybody's so bitter towards the WWE. I'm not going to play that game here, so, <laughs> um... Besides that, like, Pac and Hingman Page had another good match. And then finally it was uh, Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho against SCU for the AEW World Tag Team Titles. SCU retains. And there goes your edition of Dynamite. Uh, Scorpio Sky could look to get a future title shot against uh, Chris Jericho as he did roll up Jericho to score the pitfall victory. So see where that happens. Uh, good stuff on that end. And then... Um, Looking at next week, they announced that Darby Allen's going to be taking on John Moxley because John Moxley issued a challenge to the roster, saying nobody uh, it has the balls to challenge him in the ring. And uh, John Moxley wants to scorch the earth of AEW and all this stuff, so I thought that was fine. Um, NXT again hit the ball in the park uh, with their episode on USA Network. Uh, Johnny, uh, my bad, not Johnny Gargano, uh, Angel Garza and Leo Rush had a fantastic NXT Cruiserweight title match to kick off the show. Uh, other stuff that stood out to me was, uh, Bronson Reed and Isaiah Swerve Scott. Uh, you had Roger Strong against Keith Lee in a very good match as well. And looking at the, uh, shows for what it was, I thought NXT just had more of a purpose and obviously... That's going to be the case, especially next week, because uh, this will be the first time that NXT had a go-home show on live television before a takeover. So I'm very curious to see how they actually produce that show next week. Uh, we found out that Dominic Dijakovic will be replacing Matt Riddle in the men's war game match, because Matt Riddle now will be fighting Finn Balor at NXT TakeOver War Games. Unfortunately, John Charlie Gargano hasn't recovered from his uh, neck injury, so... Unfortunately, I won't get to see Finn Balor against Johnny Gargano, which sucks because I wanted to see that match a lot. I really did. I really wanted to see that match. Uh, Finn Balor cut another good promo. You can see how happy he is, and he's in his element right now in NXT, so that's good. Um, let's see what else stood out really quick. Uh, Pete Dunn, Damian Priest, and Kelly Dane continue brawling with each other. They're going to have a triple threat match with War Games, which I'm all in for that. 
And then finally, you had this ladder match with me again and Io Shirai, which was absolutely insane. Uh, barn burn, call it whatever you want. This ma- <laughs> you know Marinell is in his element when you have matches like that. And then you had Kaylee Ray come out where she cost Mia Yim the match. So basically, you had a ladder match, and whoever won uh, their team got advantage in the War Games match. So there is going to be the first ever women's uh, War Games match uh, coming up away from this Saturday. And um, that's what happened. So, <laughs> EO Shirai won. Uh, team Baseball will have the advantage uh, at War Games for their War Games match. And then um, at the end of the show, uh, Bailey attacked Shayna Baszler on the stage with a steel chair, which was pretty cool. So, uh, nods to NXT. They win again this week in this edition of the Wednesday Night Wars. Finally, before I head out for this week's edition of the Hoots Podcast, I just wanted to mention really quick um, how awesome it was to see CM Punk on backstage. He is now going to be an analyst on WWE Backstage on FS1 every single Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Central. It makes it out in 11 out in the East Coast. If you live anywhere else, figure it out for yourself. <laughs> uh, CM Punk, um, you know, he said, just when you think you have the answers, I changed the culture. And this is an awesome quote because guess what? He's the GOAT. <laughs> And uh, I, I'm happy for him. He looks happy. I'm always going to support him. I have pers- personal bias towards him, so I'm not the proper person to talk about this. But, you know, it was it was really cool to see him. And if ever came to the day where he actually did show up in the WWE ring, um, I am holding out hope maybe that he would show up at during any of the Survivor Series shows. But if, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But I'm very excited to see what happens because... <laughs> You know, it's going to be adding a lot of speculation. There's going to be a lot of people talking. We'll see a Punk ever wrestle again. Uh, and I think the coolest thing to take away from this is that he is in talking terms with WWE because he wouldn't be on the show if he wasn't. So that's the biggest thing, too, that really bothered me the other day. Where it was like, oh, he's just signed to an FS1 contract. He's not back in the WWE the fact that there's any dialogue with him being associated with a WWE thing is a good thing. So, I'm I'm excited for it. I'm happy for him. I'm excited to see where this goes. And, um, go support Backstage because it's a pretty damn good show on FS1. So, I don't know. I'm going to wrap it up right there. I want to thank you guys so much for checking out episode 181 of the Hoots Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at the Who's Podcast, I'm on Instagram at JoshLopez94. Also, if you want to check out my music page, check out Josh Lopez Music. And uh, I have a website called ProWrestlingTransfusions.com. More importantly, go check me out on Hood and Lopez every single Thursday is on Spotify. Any podcast you get from, just like this one, subscribe right now for the Who's Podcast. And um, hope you guys have a wonderful week. There's no pay-per-views this weekend, thank God. Uh, so <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, but this time next week, be full gear and all ready to rock and roll and make predictions for Survivor Series and NXT TakeOver War Games. That's the biggest weekend in wrestling history in Chicago is ahead of us next week, and I can't wait for it. So uh, I want to thank you guys so much for enjoying the show. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. My name's Shashi. I love you guys. Thank you. Check out episode, one, episode 181 of the Who's Podcast. I love you guys. Now it's... And now, the thoughts of Derrico. Listen well, man. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to your favorite segment each week on the Hoots Podcast. It is the thoughts of Derrico, featuring the one, the only, Brother Carter. What a week it's been. So much to talk about. I think I used that line last week, but it works. And it's appropriate for this week because there really is so much to talk about. Well, hell has officially frozen over. I did a check. I had my team of scientists check on the status of hell this morning. And I can tell you it is officially frozen over because CM Punk is back on a WWE-based product. And I'm stunned. I am stunned and floored by this. Um, I think that a great move for WWE, uh, for able for them able to get 
Punk back. Now, I know he's, I, I read the details of his contract, and he's technically working for Fox. But it is still on a WWE-based program. So there's something to that. Now, whether that means he'll get back in the ring or compete in the WWE ring, that's still yet to be seen. But I think the doorway has been slightly opened for that. You might be able to do a couple spots on WWE backstage where Rollins comes in and they do a little thing and Punk can make his return either at Survivor Series or, well, probably not Survivor Series, but maybe a WrestleMania or something like that. I, I, I'll, I'm hesitant to say that's going to happen, but... Seeing CM Punk in WWE again, or under a WWE banner again, uh, to me again, is just stunning. And uh, it just answers the question, what we know uh, about professional wrestling. Never say never, folks. Never say never. Speaking, well, not speaking which, but switching gears. Ah, switching gears. Let's talk about AEW full gear. You see what I did there? Ah. You smart, Derrico. You smart. So I'll admit I didn't have a chance to check out the show, but I I heard that it was a good show. Um, I went online and I did see the clip of the MGF, uh, MJF heel turn, which I think is fine. Um, I think I think him pairing up with Cody never made a lot of sense because MJF is a heel character, and we all knew that the heel turn was coming at some point. We just didn't know when it was going to happen, and they decided to pull the trigger at uh at full gear and that's fine um i like how he's going to have a heel program with cody i think that's going to be great they're finally getting that program uh that's been teased for a long time so i'm happy to see that um no problems with the mjf turn some people have said they should have waited longer i don't i don't think so i think that them doing that is fine why delay it let's get mjf and the cody program going so that they can continue to move forward into 2020 well now that cody is done with jericho where does he go from here so I think, uh, you know, him and Sammy Guevara had a tag match tonight on, or last night. I'm recording this Thursday morning, and you're probably listening to this on a Thursday. Um, but they had a, they had their match on Dynamite this past week, uh, yesterday, uh, for when I'm recording this. And I know SCU picked up the, the victory, and Jericho started doing his tantrums. I think that Jericho, is a, his next feud is going to be with John Moxley. I think that uh, with him, you know, getting picking up the victory in the main event, of full gear and then him coming out and getting the squash at the beginning of this week's dynamite. I mean, I I like the Jericho Moxley program. I think that could be great going forward. Uh, You've got Jericho who's le champion and trying to be all this, you know, this, uh, you know, pompous kind of guy. And then you have, and he has his inner circle, but John Moxley, whose aim is to scorch AEW, and he's going to have no fear. So he could run right through Jericho's inner circle and get to Jericho. So I think Jericho's next feud is going to be with uh, John Moxley, something that I'd really like to see going forward. Going back to WWE, it looks like The Fiend's first program as Universal Champion will be with Daniel Bryan. And I think that this pairing works as it puts Bryan back with his quote-unquote former mentor. Because you remember for that brief time, uh, Brian was a member of the Wyatt family, so that'll be kind of cool to see that together. I think Brian is a safe opponent uh, for the Fiend. Now, obviously, the Fiend doesn't need you know much because he's great in the wing ring. Bray Wyatt is fantastic, but Brian is a safe opponent. He's been able to work through uh, psychological mind games before. He's played some psychological mind games as the leader of the planet and all that kind of good stuff. So I like the pairing of Brian versus the Fiend Bray Wyatt. I think that's a good program. And I think that's going to work. My only concern is that the fans are going to turn on Daniel Bryan, much like they did with Seth Rollins uh, after the Fiend didn't get after the Hell in the Cell debacle. Uh, I'm afraid that the fans will turn on Daniel Bryan as he's trying to build this face character, uh, much like they did with Rollins. So that's the only danger that you're going to have because you know the Fiend reminds me a lot of the NWO in that he is such a popular heel that. You know, if you put your baby faces against him, they, the crowd's going to turn on him. So just you just got to be very careful with how uh, with how you do that. There. Speaking of Rollins, I'm not quite sure what they're going to do with him at Survivor Series. My initial thought was to have him turn on his team and cost them the victory to either SmackDown Live or NXT, and then Rollins goes to the victorious brand. Uh, now the only problem with this with that is the you know. 
there. Well, I guess he could turn on his team and then stay on Raw because you know Seth Rollins. They're push, they're pushing him to be the face of Raw. Roman Reigns to be the face of SmackDown, and then Adam Cole to be the face of NXT. But uh, I think that you know it's tough because the you know the fans are starting to turn on Rollins. He's like, yeah, bring that energy, bring that energy. Well, maybe he can embrace it and either turn on his team and stay on Raw or turn on his team and go – or maybe turn on his team and go to NXT after NXT is victorious. Uh, so I could see them doing that and then, you know, you can make – I'm not sure who you would then make the face of Raw. Uh, you would have to see what would happen post-Survivor Series, but I could see that happening for sure. Um, we'll see what they do with Rollins uh, going forward. Last thing I'll talk about this week on the thoughts of Derrico is the Lana Rusev-Lashley angle which I know a lot of people are very, very upset about and are not digging. I will give props to Lana for dealing with the crowd and keeping it going when they were completely trashing her uh, during her segment this past week on Raw. and She was giving it back to them, even though the fans were booing her and chanting boring during the segment and all that kind of good stuff. So props to her for that. I will say, though, that this segment is going to get Rusev massively over, which I think is great. You know, him talking about the sex addict stuff and all that kind of stuff. And Rusev has been playing it off so well. And I think he needs to keep going with that and do more of the Rusev Day stuff. And, oh, I planted my flag on Rusev Day, you know, and all that sort of stuff. And bring back the Rusev Day thing because they could absolutely make a – they could bring back the Rusev Day thing and it would be huge uh, with, with everybody. So, Perhaps if they end up turning Rollins, they're going to make Rusev the face of Raw. Who knows? But uh, Rusev back getting his moment. Um, like I said, I'm okay with this angle. I think the acting is kind of terrible. I, apparently, you have to be married to a Bulgarian brute to have a Russian accent because that has now gone away. But anyways, uh, we'll see what they do with this going forward. I hope it gets Rusev massively over, and I think it's going to be great. This has been the this week's edition of The Thoughts of Derrick. I hope you've enjoyed it. Last thing I'll say is that Walter, the ring general, is amazing, and I was so glad to see him on Raw. Let's get more of that, please. This has been The Thoughts of Derrico. You're smarter now, man.